everyone, my name is Allison Dijak and welcome to On The Scene, your weekly source for KW music, arts, film, and event listings here on midtownradio.ca. Every week on On The Scene, we'll be chatting about all of the local happenings in KW, from movies to burlesque and drag, DJ sets, comedy shows, live music, and more. We want to begin by acknowledging that we are currently broadcasting on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, and Neutral people. We are grateful to be using this space this evening and recognize the enduring presence of First Nations, Métis, and Inuit people still gathering, living, and working in this area. Now this show will be live every week, every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. And tonight we are broadcasting from the Midtown Radio Studio because we have a very special episode of On The Scene. It is our season one finale. So over the next hour, we'll of course be giving you your events rundown, although it's pretty slim pickings over the Christmas weekend. As well, in lieu of special guests, we're going to be looking back at some of our favorite interviews from our first season. We're also going to get my co-producer, Derek Rydell, on the mic, and we're going to reflect a bit on how the first six months of On the Scene have gone. Six months. I honestly can't believe we've been doing this show for that long. As always, we'll also be playing a great collection of local KW music. So let's start some things off now. Before Derek gets on the mic, I decided to squeeze one more Christmas song into our show because this is my last chance of 2022. Now this song is one of my favorites from our Midtown Radio Christmas collection. We actually commissioned it as part of our holiday broadcast two years ago, and it's an original song written by Janice Jolie. It's a hilarious and heartwarming take on spending Christmas alone during the first year of the pandemic, and also tackles some of the issues going on in the world today. This is all Alone on Christmas Morning by Janice Joe. The people ask me for a holiday song, a new one about winter that is happy, happy, happy. But there is no way I can play along. I'm sad and depressed and lonely, lonely, lonely. All alone on Christmas morning. All alone on Christmas morning. All I want from COVID is the falling of, the falling of capitalism. All I want from COVID is the falling of, the falling of capitalism I want to be free of owners exploiting the land and workers wish I wish that we could be together singing droplets all over the place all alone on Christmas morning all alone on Christmas morning all alone on Christmas morning, alone on Christmas morning. All I want from COVID is the falling of, the falling of 
systemic racism all i want from covid is the falling of the falling of systemic racism but you know that means we need to learn to listen to others patience and empathy it's not easy but what would jesus do Everyone is traumatized. Hey, all alone on Christmas morning. Alone on Christmas morning. Alone on Christmas morning. Alone on Christmas morning. Will you give me love somehow so I can feel it? Christmas Morning by Janice Jolie here on Midtown Radio. If you're just joining us, welcome to On the Scene here on MidtownRadio.ca. My name is Allison Dijak and we have a great show in store for you. Now that song was recorded as part of our Midtown Radio Holiday Song Project. For the past two years, we've been commissioning local KW musicians to record covers of holiday songs. Or, just like the one you heard, some folks have even decided to write their own original songs. Now, our holiday broadcast is coming up so soon. Friday night, Friday, December 23rd, is the premiere of the fourth annual holiday broadcast. It's a 90-minute program featuring a whole collection of locally recorded Christmas songs, some really lovely stories and memories from the community, fun little mini segments from our Midtown Radio hosts, and two feature interviews. This year, I got to interview David DeWitt, the founder of Cinched Events, a local drag company, and it was so much fun. He was so fantastic to talk to. 
And Matt Rappelt, our station manager, interviewed Kamal Ahmed, one of the founders of Community Fridge KW. They are both amazing, amazing interviews that you certainly don't want to miss. So you have three chances to tune in this weekend to the fourth annual holiday broadcast. It's going to be on Friday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m., or Sunday evening at 7.30. We'll also do an encore presentation of it on New Year's Day at 7.30 p.m. as well. Well, let's get back into On the Scene. Tonight, we are looking back at our first season of On the Scene, and instead of some special guests, we're going to be listening back to some favorite episodes, and I'm joined by my co-producer, Derek Rydell. Hello, hello, Derek. Hi, how are (laughs) you? I'm okay. It's been, as you know, it's been a bit of a busy week with the Christmas season coming up, but honestly, it's super, super exciting to look back on all that we've done this past six months like I can't believe the show started six months ago absolutely I mean I can't when I first kind of came to you uh, and oh yeah I'd like to volunteer and help out with some live (laughs) stuff I did not think I would be uh, you know here six months later doing a weekly show with you but here we are and and, and it's uh, it's been really fun and I think uh, every week we've gotten a little better and better and yes yeah you know technical glitches here and there and bumps in the road but uh yeah yeah pretty good overall (laughs) um so Derek is always the one making us sound good on the mixing board but tonight he's here to chat a little bit um a little bit about the first season how it's been going so to give our listeners a little bit of context we started on the scene this summer when we got some funding from the uptown waterloo and downtown kitchener business improvement areas or the bias and we basically wanted to make a show that was going to highlight all of the amazing things happening in these spots and working on this show it certainly has opened my eyes to just how much there is going on Derek you've been doing a lot of our events research putting that uh, listing together every week is there anything that has surprised you or you've sort of been uh, like intrigued by looking at all of these events every single week you, you know what? Actually, I'm really how many drag shows there are in the yes. town. Yes, it's it's amazing to really see how, like every week, mm-hmm. every weekend there's like one or two drag shows or drag bingo. It's 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 a really really great and uh, yeah. We had we had one of our. Uh, drag queens on yeah melody bijou was on in november i think which was a great guest so it's really like it's it's good to see that uh you know the the lgbtq community is being represented Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah and i was like wow this is this is great i'm just surprised how many there are there there are like how many shows there are i know (laughs) yeah i feel like i really like that looking at all the events it sort of opened me up to like new circles like new scenes that I wouldn't have thought of like usually you know I kind of I follow like a lot of the local musicians in town kind of like the folk singer songwriters Mm -hmm. I follow a little bit of like the theater community but it's been really fun to see like a lot of like the punk rock shows that I would have never followed or like some of the different types of theater that are happening or yeah, drag shows, burlesque shows. Like it's really opened my eyes to all of these different sort of um, different events that I would like never think of seeking out myself, which I really like. Absolutely. And I think we've, we've highlighted a lot of spots too, where, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes you just go, Oh, there's nothing going on this weekend, but actually (laughs) there's, there's quite a bit and there's, there's a little bit of 
everything for everybody like it so yeah it's it's surprising yeah I feel like I feel bad sometimes when I'm like telling people I'm like here are some like great highlights from the weekend and like they're all on Friday night (laughs) I'm like (laughs) here's an awesome play that you could see but also a really fun intimate concert but also a cool like all local drag show they're all happening Friday at 7 p.m but you should go to all three of them (laughs) there's like way more happening than you could ever go to like our event listings probably have between like 20 and 40 events on them every weekend like just for Friday Saturday and Sunday not even like including Thursday nights Mm -hmm. which is a pretty big night as well yeah so it's been it's been crazy just to see all of the guests that we've had um like I was saying when we started I was sort of even sticking to like my own connections that I had like our first couple episodes was a lot of like singer-songwriters, folk musicians. Um, but as we kept going, as you mentioned, we we just expanded all the guests we had yeah. from basically anybody and everyone in the arts and entertainment field, musicians, drag queens, burlesque dancers, trivia hosts, venue owners, comedians, DJs, filmmakers. I actually went through and counted, Derek, how many guests, individual guests, do you think we've had on On The Scene this season if you had to make your best like you know for example if we had a band like they would be counted as like three people yeah so not you can't just be like oh how many weeks it was like some weeks we had like five (laughs) guests some weeks we had two guests or something i'm gonna say a total of 35 54 really yeah so since our first episode in july We've had 54 guests on On The Scene. Wow, that's amazing. I know. Like, I I mean, I wasn't, I didn't personally speak to all of them, but I, I interviewed many of them. And uh, yeah, 54 people have chatted about the local art scene or events that they have or a show that they have coming up um, or just sort of fun stuff that they're doing in town. So it's pretty crazy uh, yeah, to look back absolutely. on those numbers. Um So tonight, we're going to be looking back at some of our favorite interviews from this season. And it was funny because you and I actually had very similar choices uh, for our favorite ones. So we're going to start off with one of our favorite interviews. This was from Halloween weekend. Uh, We were at Sugar Run in downtown Kitchener. And local burlesque dancer and teacher Sassy Ray came to chat with us. Derek, why was it one of your favorite episodes? Like, what stood out to you about that conversation? Well, um... Um, just it, meeting her was really yeah. great. And because I had uh, seen through social media, uh, Top Shelf Burlesque at Sugar Run. I also DJ at Sugar Run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, But I had never run into her. I had never met her. Uh, but I always wanted to catch Top Shelf Burlesque. Yeah. I still haven't been able to get to it, but one day. Uh, but yeah, it was just, and just meeting her, it was like, what a ball of energy. And yes. just like a, <laughs> you know, and, and just funny. And, and I mean, what an easy person to interview. Like, oh yeah. And you yeah. guys just, it was just flowing conversation and she, you know, made a never ending story reference. Yes. Which, you know. <laughs> it was so funny. I remember you said that your wife was listening at home and she was like, Sassy Ray is my hero or something. My wife loved Sassy Ray. She was like, she is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I want to be Sassy Ray. <laughs> totally. So hopefully we'll get Sassy Ray on the show again in 2023. But here is a look back from our conversation in October earlier this year. 
My first guest, Sassy Ray, has been bringing the burlesque revival to the masses since 2006. Known as the voice that makes you moist, her brand of music, comedy, and tease quickly became a crowd favorite at home and abroad. With a lifelong passion for theatrical performance and strong 25-plus year dance background under her belt, Sassy focuses her creative energies on teaching and performing classic revival burlesque. She also produces a monthly show called Top Shelf Burlesque right here at Sugar Run in downtown Kitchener. Welcome to On The Scene, Sassy Ray. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Yeah. How has your week been? How's it going? It's going very well. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got a busy weekend ahead of me. Uh, Not only our show here at Sugar Run on Saturday night before the band, uh, but my students, as I teach burlesque, we have our our big Halloween show recital will be happening on Friday at our dance studio. So lots of stuff going on. Yeah. Very exciting. Well, we've been talking all about Halloween events on the show so far. I'm curious, do you have a costume in the works for this year yet? You know, my job is to wear costumes all the time, so I kind of feel like um, I get to pretend it's Halloween a lot, but I will probably stick to one costume mostly this weekend, uh, which is Sailor Moon. Oh, I love that. So nostalgic. Yes, Moon Prison Power. Oh, I love it. Um, What is your favorite way to celebrate Halloween, whether it's a night in or a night out? What do you think? Oh, gosh. Um... Four years ago, I probably would have said a night out, yeah. but being spoiled the last few years, being forced to stay home, which I know sounds weird to be spoiled, but yeah. <laughs> when you work in nightlife, sometimes uh, sweatpants and a scary movie and ice cream mm-hmm. is a pretty cool alternative, but yeah. I think going out, you yeah. know... This feels like the right year to yeah, go Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Honestly, as I'm looking at this, these events, there's like 20 different Halloween things to do on Saturday oh, night. Oh, yeah. There's like so many things well, going Well, we've been on. cooped up for so long, right? Exactly. So what better night to let it all out when you can uh, wear a disguise and a mask that's like more fun than the <laughs> ones we've been wearing. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, your awesome burlesque company that you have. When did you first learn about burlesque and sort of get an interest in it? Sure. So my whole life I have been a dance kid, theater kid, Mm -hmm. musical theater kid, very let me entertain you. Um, (laughs) And then kind of when you grow up and you age out of that, unless you're doing, you know, musical theater locally or you're lucky enough to uh, roll the dice on trying to do it professionally, those opportunities to kind of express yourself go away. Um, but in addition to always being very into the arts, mm. I've always, since I was maybe 10 or 11 years old, been very obsessed with drag queens. Mm. I loved RuPaul. I loved Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, was like our family's favorite. We named our family Van Priscilla. That's how much <laughs> we liked that movie. Yeah. Um, so I had always, um, I'm a queer person, so mm. I was very involved uh our RIP, our, our, our gay bar, mm. Club Renaissance, yes. for anyone listening who went to Club Run. <laughs> I hit, know hit of it from my old. older brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, Club Renaissance. Um, and I was um, go-go dancing with a drag queen, one of, my, one of my best friends, who was stepping down from her title as Miss Club Run. Uh, so we and my, my other friend, we were backup dancing for her. And someone in the crowd approached me and said, like, have you ever done burlesque? Like you'd be a really good burlesque dancer. Wow. And this was like before YouTube yeah. existed. Thank God uh, for, for me mostly. 
uh, protect myself from the things I would get up to before YouTube. Um, so I just kind of looked it up online, mm-hmm. the limited resources that were available at that time, and kind of pieced together slowly what it was. And yeah. burlesque is not just one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time, what really sold me on it was the pageantry. It was very much, at that time specifically, drag for women. And mm-hmm. we know now, in 2022, drag is for everyone. Yeah. And burlesque is absolutely drag. You know, it, it's a it's a hyper, it can be, um, you know, a uh, an intensified version of uh, gender, any gender, mm-hmm. really. Um, so it, that was sort of the beginning for me. And then as I kind of moved through the scene and I made connections in Toronto and other places, and I kind yeah. of got to see what other people were doing with it. And while my my love, my first love is for the classic, very old-timey, I think when people think of burlesque, yeah. they think of Betty Page, Pin Up, girls, mm-hmm. Gypsy Rose Lee, that kind of stuff. Um, and I love that. And that's a lot of what I do, but it's so much more than that, yeah. which I think is what makes it relevant and what makes it cool. Of course. So when you first heard about burlesque and was, you know, we're making these connections, was there like a large local burlesque community in, in KW? Like were there groups that were started or was it individuals what did that sort of look like so at that time um the original kind of grouping I think we were calling ourselves Review Royale back then and we would do shows out of the also now defunct uh (laughs) showing my age here my gosh it's a good thing it's radio Uh, (laughs) it's very dim in here for for the listeners at home you look fabulous (laughs) thank you um it's um the Rum Runner is in the basement. Well, it used to be in the basement of the Walper. So oh, uh, yeah, back yeah. back in the olden days, that's what mm-hmm. it was called. And uh, it was a local group of friends. Mm-hmm. We kind of didn't really know what we were doing yeah. and just kind of just did it. And now that seems like such a scary thing because there's a YouTube tutorial about how to do anything. Right. But back then there, there was not. Um, even online shopping then was not really a big thing. So a True, lot of it was very, very homemade DIY, yeah. figuring out what worked and what didn't. And, you know, there's a now still a, a, a big community where, you know, it's kind of finding, finding where you start. And I think for me, it was when I started going to festivals. So Mm. I went to Toronto and Montreal and seeing people who had been doing it professionally for a long time. And, you know, as much fun and as amazing as I think it still is to do it yourself and figure it out yourself, um, seeing people who had this fully realized mm-hmm. and um, tangible <laughs> yeah. performance style really was when it kind of kicked it up a notch for me and I thought like holy you know I'd uh, I want to do that yeah <laughs> of course and how have you found that like the local community has now grown like I feel like I just keep hearing about these different burlesque companies you know yours and all these other ones how has it sort of grown in the past couple of years? What have you noticed? Yeah, I mean, I think in the region in general, there has been a huge boom in all kinds of live entertainment, mm. not just burlesque, but there's there's drag everywhere. Um, there's, you know, trivia nights. And I think as we're kind of emerging from the cocoon, we were all collectively yes. <laughs> for a few yep. years there. Um, you know, I think what what a better way to 
have something to do. We've got all of these kind of fringe arts that mm-hmm. a few years ago, you know, would kind of be a rarity to see. Um, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Now, let's talk a little bit about your company, mm-hmm. um, Sassy Ray Burlesque. What made you want to found found this bit found is that the word that I say what made you want to start this business I picked up with <laughs> live you radio down. I got it um, I got it <laughs> yeah I mean clearly you have this passion for it you were going to festivals different cities to learn more about it what made you think like I'm gonna make my own company and make this happen yeah you know um on my resume, uh, I believe it says I have strong leadership skills. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> so um, it really, you know, the, the teaching side of my career started mostly uh, from doing live events mm-hmm. and having people come up to me afterwards and say, like, where did you learn how to do this? And for me... I never learned how to do burlesque from anybody. It's a, it's a amalgamation of all my other quirky skills that I've got. Comedy and singing and dancing sure. and um, stripping. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, that's what burlesque is. Um, so I didn't really have like a mentor. Um, but to me, what is important, you know, no matter what kind of art form we're talking about, I think it... Um, I want, I want to foster people's imagination mm-hmm. and to kind of give them skills to realize, you know, like I said before, when I saw these people in these festivals, is everybody going to be a deed of aunties? No, mm-hmm. but kind of learning how to take this idea of what you want to present in mm-hmm. your mind and making it real so we can all see it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I tell my students all the time, like, there's no prerequisite to burlesque. There's no burlesque police. You're not going to be thrown in jail if, you know, you, you start doing burlesque and you've never taken a lesson. I never took a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that um, presenting something that's entertaining mm-hmm. is important. So that's kind of the foundation of what I do and what yeah. I teach is that we, I, I tell the story often. I'm, I'm born in 1983. I've outed myself. Okay. <laughs> I'm almost 40 years old. And my generation grew up with the never ending story. Mm-hmm. The never ending story. Have you seen this film? I n- you like know, as of? a child, oh my God. I have no, as a child, okay. I saw it. The sound guy knows it. I couldn't it, so. tell you. <laughs> The never ending story. I couldn't tell you what it okay, was so, about. There's so, like the big dog that yes, the boy rides. Okay, like right. I know bits and pieces. So from there's my a princess yeah. in the never ending story. Okay. And she appears throughout the movie, but her big mm-hmm. moment is at the end. A tiny grain of sand, Bastion. And <laughs> she has this tiara okay. that she wears. And it goes onto her forehead. It has a little pearl that drops okay. down in the middle, very Shania Twain. Yeah. And <laughs> When you were a little kid, she was it. Like, okay. she was the princess. Mm-hmm. And I know that I did this. Many of my friends did this as well. When you're fantasizing as a child and you have this idea of what you want to present in your mind mm-hmm. and you find maybe your mom's necklace and maybe you light a candle in the bathroom in the dark and you yeah. put that necklace on your forehead <laughs> and you cannot tell me that I'm not the princess of Eternia. Mm-hmm. In reality... I'm a weird child in a dark bathroom with a necklace on my head, but my fantasy is real. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that in essence is what, what I think uh, burlesque classes can do for you. Mm-hmm. You know, 
take that idea, how do we, what are the mechanics of like, all right, you want to spin around in a giant martini glass. All right, where do we source it? Yeah. How do you get in there? Yeah. What happens when you're in there? How many minutes are you in there, right? Yeah. It's the, the engineering of a fantasy, yeah. I guess. Oh, that's good. Oh, I'm putting that, that in the bio. It's recorded, engineering don't Engineering of a fantasy by Sassy Ray. <laughs> Wow. So uh, with Sassy Ray Burlesque, you started to produce Top Shelf Burlesque, mm. a monthly show at Sugar Run here. Uh, what can people expect when they come see a Top Shelf Burlesque show? Oh, so Top Top Shelf is uh, is a it's a it's more I would really say a cabaret show. There's a lot of comedy. Uh, there's a lot of live singing. And of course, there's a ton of burlesque. There's some crowd interaction. Not in an obnoxious way. Okay. We don't force you to like get on stage and twirl a pasty or anything like that. <laughs> but we've got a really good crowd of regulars that come out and support. And it's, you know, if you've never been to a burlesque show before, I think sometimes people do have a very... Um, binary <laughs> idea in their yeah. mind of what it is and what it's not. Most people go straight to um, the movie with Christina and Cher. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, definitely elements of that in there is, <laughs> uh, too. Um, I, I use her as an example all the time. She's my best friend. Her name is Ruby Moon. She's mm -hmm. a burlesque dancer from Guelph. She's a trained ballerina. She does point. She does beautiful, mm. stunning numbers that mm. are dripping in rhinestones and elegance. And then in the next set, she'll come out and she's Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> or she's dancing as Obi-Wan with a fur merkin, which like is that, a under, yeah. underpants with That's fur amazing. on it. You know, so it can be so many different things and I think Fantastic. that's what's fun about about Top Shelf you will get the glamour you will get what you came to see mm -hmm. uh, but I always try to delight a little bit and oh. throw in some unexpected sexy surprises yeah. that sounds so <laughs> much fun well Top Shelf Burlesque has their next show coming up this Saturday yes. at Sugar Run um, do people get tickets ahead of time or do they pay at the door? So they pay at the door. It's okay. 25 bucks at the door. And Perfect. we're um, we're having a quite the evening here mm -hmm. at Sugar Run on Saturdays. So our show is starting at 7 o'clock. Yes. We're going to be opening around 6 to get your seat. And then awesome. we've got the fabulous Thriller Band. Yes. Which I can't wait. We're going to be wait. talking about it later in oh. the show. I'm very excited. I will be there doing shots dressed awesome. as Sailor Moon. So you should come. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Sassy Ray, for chatting with us. Oh, this thanks has been for having me. So fabulous to learn more about burlesque and very excited to hear uh, what comes next for Sassy Ray Burlesque. Thanks again. <laughs> that was my conversation with Sassy Ray back from Halloween weekend recorded live at the Sugar Run. Well, we're going to hear a song now from one of our guests from earlier in September. He performed at Art Hop over the Labor Day weekend. This is Ain't Letting You Down by Dayonican. I don't need no other bitch, you need no other niggas, you need me I know 
You chillin' with your friends out in Toronto Yeah, a lot of niggas say they love you Just a fuck then they leave tomorrow Look on my story, it's just a little dip But I know don't fall so much ever since I was a little children Sometimes I think about struggling and showing up. But I want you all on my side. If you don't need nobody else, hey, overthinking what you're doing and that it ain't good for my health. Text me back on how you feel, 'cause I feel like I fell for you. Text me back on how you feel, 'cause I feel like I fell for you. Text me back on how you feel. Know you had a lot, nigga said they love you, but they not around. Straight from my city, I'm on the go bus heading right to your town. Yeah, I know you wanna take things slow 'cause it sometimes scares you out. Want you forever, no changing my mind. I ain't letting you down, ain't letting you down. Know you had a lot, nigga said they love you, but they not around. Straight from my city, I'm on the go bus heading right to your town. Yeah, I know you wanna take things slow 'cause it sometimes scares you out. Want you forever, no changing my mind. I ain't letting you down, ain't letting you down. You just heard Ain't Letting You Down by Dayanakin here on On The Scene on Midtown Radio. Now, every week on On The Scene, we'll give you a listing of a ton of arts and culture events happening in KW. The events are a little bit slim this weekend with Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but we still have a few of them for you. In films this weekend, the Apollo is only open Friday, then close Saturday, Sunday. But on Friday night, you can catch Tar, Banshees of Inertian, or Silent Night, Deadly Night. The Princess Original will be open Christmas Eve, but closed Christmas Day. And this weekend, you can watch The Menu, The Whale, or Tokyo Godfathers. And the Princess Twin also open on Friday and Saturday night, but closed on Christmas Day. You can see Empire of Light, The Fablemans, and The Whale. In music this weekend, we have a few shows going on. At the Churchill Arms is Dick Foley at 8 p.m. At Descendants is Fire in the Valley at 8 p.m. on Friday night. Dive Bar is hosting Dive Bar's Christmas Night Party with DJ Big Al and DJ Surreal on Christmas night, Sunday at 8 p.m. Cover is $10. At the Duke of Wellington, Ralph Bushmeyer is going to be playing Friday night at 8 p.m. And that's all of our music for this weekend. Lastly, for the stage, the Registry Theatre is um, presenting Elf Junior the Musical. So an awesome kids and youth musical happening all week. Um, the last couple shows you can catch are Friday at 6.30, Saturday at 11 a.m. or 1.30 p.m. Tickets are $20 or kids under 18 get in for $5. That's all of our event listings for this weekend. Well, tonight is our season finale of On The Scene. We'll be taking a little break over the holidays, but we'll be back with season two in early February. And tonight, I'm joined by my co-producer, Derek Rydell, and we're looking back at some of our favorite moments from the first season. 
So one of the fun things about this show is that we're always out and about, live on location most weeks. Um, Derek, what's been one of your favorite spots to live broadcast at so far? Um, well, I'm a li- I, I got to say I'm a little biased, but uh, I, I love broadcasting <laughs> from the Jane Bond. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. As you're wearing a Jane Bond shirt yes. right now. <laughs> um, but uh, Sugar Run was really fun too, which I guess I'm kind of biased for that as well <laughs> it's not though. like you dj there <laughs> yeah. uh aok was actually great because i had yeah. um, never been there was one of our earlier episodes i had never been to aok before mm-hmm. and always wanted to go but never got out there and when we were there i was like oh man this, this place is great yeah like, yeah unfortunately really uh, aok started doing events on thursday nights which i love for them but <laughs> it was a really great spot we got to go there once in the summer for one of our like i think our third episode ever um the one thing that i remember about aok though so clearly it's like there's always some unexpected things that come up when you go to a new venue for the first time i was trying to interview paige warner She's a little bit soft-spoken, and right as we start the interview, a young child starts playing this really loud basketball game behind us, and so I'm looking at Paige, but then behind her, I can just see this kid playing basketball, and it was just like, thunk, 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 cocoon, cocoon, like the entire 15 minutes that Paige and I were speaking. It's like, I, I, there's nothing I can do. But I, you I wouldn't don't have know. known. You handled it like a pro. You handled it like That's a pro. You were locked in. Good, I <laughs> guess so. I mean, it did turn out to be a nice conversation. But Absolutely. yeah, there's certainly some times where we get to a venue. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, gosh, there isn't a power outlet. Or like the Internet is really sketchy. And like the, the pink room at Goldie's. We yes. went up to the pink room uh, at the back of Goldie's Convenience for the first time. We're like, I don't think there's any Internet signal in here we're in like a concrete block right now that was a great one too and and another place that I had never been to and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because of broadcasting live with the show it was like oh wow I've, I've never been here I've heard a lot about it I got a lot of friends who go there yes and what a great place it was another way it's like Another great spot. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, the Adventures Guild too. I really oh, like doing the Adventures Guild. I as know. Well. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite spots. If I had to choose one, probably Adventures Guild. It's like I, I, I had never been there before. So it's just like such a cozy vibe. Yeah. And I loved when we were interviewing, yeah, Melody, our drag queen. She was there and I was like, I love that there's like a drag queen and then there's people playing Dungeons and Dragons. And then there's also people like playing Taboo and playing like Mario Kart. There's just like so much going on here right now. Mm-hmm. Like it's always, it's always just so fun that we're able to kind of have that contrast going on like we were chatting during the break a little about one week we interviewed like a folk band but then also like Elvis punk rockers (laughs) but but it puts together just such a great show like that is what on the scene is it is anybody that's doing fun events or entertainment in some way in the community totally diversity and 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 yeah contrasting styles but at the same Mm -hmm. time like fun great entertainment and yeah yeah exactly yeah and and sometimes we end up in some pretty unique places as well that you might not think uh, a radio show would be broadcast uh we got to go to two uh, both independent movie theaters in town this year we got to go to the apollo cinema and the princess twin 
And Derek, one of your other favorite episodes was recorded at the Princess Twin. Tell us a little bit about that night. Uh, yeah, it was with uh, Sarah Geidlinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was uh, she had made um, Playtime the movie, which was a documentary about uh, toys and, and, mm-hmm. and nostalgia, the nostalgia that we have yeah. for them. Uh, and yeah, the interview was really great. But what really struck me is she was really easy to talk to. Yeah. But when we were off the air, like the free flowing conversation, and usually I kind of step back and, you know, I don't really say too much, yeah. you know, but I was like, oh, yeah, a toy. And I probably divulged a little bit too much about <laughs> the toys that I still have. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she was just a uh, really, really fun person, really energetic person, easy to talk to. And, mm-hmm. and it's one of those interviews where you just ask the question and away you go. So love it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really I was... Good. And I found out which I wasn't aware of, but I had a friend who was actually in the documentary. Oh, cool. I hadn't seen her in many, many years, but I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I had no clue. So it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Small world. There's always these like little connections in different, uh, different entertainment uh, genres and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So cool. Well, yeah, I was sad to not do that interview. Actually, I had booked Sarah for the show and then realized that I had to be away that week. Um, so the next clip we're going to hear is a little shout out to our additional host, Danielle DeVoe. She's always happy to step in as guest host if I'm away. She's currently hanging out in Cuba, so she couldn't join us for this show. We love her, but uh, we wish we were in Cuba. It's tough. Tough. <laughs> it's tough life being in Cuba right now, not recording. As we await a storm. <laughs> yeah. As we await a storm. But uh, here's our little shout out to Danielle as we listen back to her interview with Sarah Geidlinger from early November. Um, but Sarah, making films isn't the only thing you've been up to of late or since Midtown Radio has <laughs> known you. Um, so can you tell us about um, some of your many other projects? Why don't we start with Bond Park Podcast, uh, 150th episode last summer. Yep. Uh, thank you for leading me too, because I would just be like, I don't know, I just make stuff, put it out there. <laughs> I don't know what other projects I, I have I on the go. Depends on the day of the week. Yeah, so uh, Bond Park, Bond Park, we're at 170 episodes now. We're approaching. Um, uh, it started as like a passion project between me and Marshall Ward. Uh, we were friends and neighbors, and we met at Bond Park in Waterloo um, when we were stay-at-home at home. Uh, sorry, stay-at-home work-at-home parents, I should say. Um, both creatives working at home and uh, trying to raise kids and trying to get to that park to like hang out and talk to somebody about something other than you know toys I guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so um, it's really morphed into something beautiful where we talk to a lot of people from the community we've met so many wonderful souls Um, like just this past week we released a um, an episode with Ron McKay, who is, um, his, he's an author newly, uh, he's written his memoir and his book is called, Hey, it's me, the high school dropout. So, you know, you have to read it. He's just telling his life story to his children and his grandchildren. And, um, yeah, we get to meet so many great people. Yeah. Are there any, you, you do have great interviews. Thanks. Are there any that are particularly memorable for you? Oh, that's so hard all the time. <laughs> yeah. Out of, out of 170 episodes, I what's know. your top three? I know. Well, I'll tell you the most listened to episodes for sure. I love them all. I really do. But, um, Les Fleisig, a retired teacher from the area, is our number one most listened to show. I think he's just got a, uh, uh, a fan following of just being a good guy in the community. That's, and uh, then he came back for our season two finale and interviewed us, and that was a lot of fun. 
um, asking us questions about what our favorite, you know, movies are and toys and, and all the things that Marshall and I really love to talk about music. Um, one of our true, well, our only true crime episode with Anthony Reinhardt um, about a serial killer in Waterloo Region is probably the second most listened to episode, and it's super creepy um, and painful to listen to, but uh, it's a good listen nonetheless. Well, I don't, like, did you know we had a serial killer? Yeah, we did, like over here. Like, I'm pointing this direction, just just down the street over here. So you definitely have to go back and listen to that one if you like that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. And then, of course, we had Eye the Mountain on, Love Eye the Mountain. They shared like five songs with us, and we that's a super long extended episode. Yeah, Yeah, you had to, you had to go over. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many members to talk to. <laughs> and and you you were saying earlier uh, when we were chitty chatting before the show got started, you committed to doing an episode every week, and yes. you have done it. You're We've done it. You're doing it. Yeah, it's a. Um, I, I, I'm not sure where it's coming from. Uh, the drive to make sure it comes out every week. We just want to be reliable. And um, the truth is that we just have so much fun making that show. Um, Marshall comes over to my house. He lives two streets over. We record it in my kitchen, which we lovingly call Studio K. Um, You know, we get to chat for, look, if if he's coming over for a 45 minute to hour long recording, it might be a three hour visit. We just have so much fun together creating this thing. And we really YOLO'd it, right? Or we just like, let's make a show. Here's the software that we need. Let's get all the equipment and figure it out. And um, um, I don't know, now we're here. Yeah, that's awesome. and now now you're a respected authority on podcasting in in the region. I'm laughing because I'm like, are you talking about me? Because you are also starting up your residency at KPL. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. I'm a huge KPL nerd. Um, if you've listened, actually, we just had KPL on the show week before last, where we talked to Mary Chevro, Matt McKinnon, and Nathan Stretch, all wonderful people. And I told this story about how when I was a teenager, I used to get in trouble for coming home late. And my parents would say, where are you? And like, I was, <laughs> I was at the library and I missed that last queen, one Queen South bus to get home. Um, but it was true. I was actually at the Kitchener Public Library. I loved the building. I loved the books. Um, I'm a little nerdy, as, as I mentioned. Um, so I'd be flipping through guitar books or music books or art books and just me and my two friends. And uh, yeah, sometimes we come home late. But um, I've built this lovely relationship through Bond Park Podcast with the Kitchener Public Library. And they just sort of said, do you want to come in and do this? I made a two-part... Uh, workshop series um, with Imagine It and KPL uh, in the Hefner studio about how to, you know, start a podcast. Like, what do you need? How do you plug in a mic? Like the real basic, basic stuff. And that's available on their YouTube uh, YouTube channel. But um, this is going to be working with a small group of people and just sort of meeting them where they're at. Have you started a show? Do you just have a show idea? How do you want to make your show better? And sort of doing some workshops that way. Yeah, and I, you know, it we we've said it a lot on Midtown Radio, but it bears repeating. The Hefner Studios, so Love great, it. wonderful sound. Anyone off yeah. the street can go and create, not just a podcast, but you can record music. You can record music. You can create a film quality yeah. studio. You can three D print. You can use their AutoCAD. You can use their, um, you know, their final cut and their logic and everything is in there for your use and they're so helpful in mm-hmm. there you, you could just walk in and say i want to make a movie and i don't know how and you're going to get that support that you need yeah i mean it's it you know libraries are such important parts of our communities mm-hmm. and kpl has really been doing great things in terms of pushing forward in terms of what it means to yeah. be a library and a community resource and a, and a safe comfortable space yeah. for people to go and um, and I think have done a really good job coming out of the pandemic, sort of reopening safely and getting everyone back in mm-hmm. and, and doing cool stuff and making cool things. 
And of course, we are not in a soundproofed no. studio. No. We are <laughs> at um, we are at the Princess Twin, and people are uh, getting their popcorn right now, getting ready to go see their movies. And uh, yeah, it's fun, but it's fun being out on the scene. Um, that was when we started this program. It was really important to us to get out into the world. And I and you know. This is one of the interesting things about Bond Park podcast as well. You named it after a, 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 a location of cultural importance mm-hmm. to you in the city. Um, so, yeah, do you want to talk a bit more about places in the city and, and why? Oh, uh, how wow. You, yeah, that is such an important question. I just saw somebody coming down to use the restroom and then they turned around and went back up. I hope they find them what they need. They're like, that, um, that weird lady's <laughs> yeah, gesturing to me. I'm going to turn She's back. She's going to try and get me on the mic. Uh, oh, you know... Uh, places in the city oh my goodness we have such wonderful like uh public art spaces which become gathering places like unique gathering places <laughs> oh, we luckily have Sorry. the princess cinema and the, the washroom facilities nearby which you may or may not be able <laughs> to hear but yeah i've also been a member of princess since i was 12 or 13 um uh, it was my place to go uh, you mentioned Sorry, I'm just rambling about stuff that I do. But uh, you mentioned Jane Bond and live music. Um, fun story. When I was a teenager, I had this teenage band with Sean Kunz and Alan Lung. Hello out there. They don't. I'm not sure if they listen to this, um, but they should. Everyone should. Um, and but that was back when Jane Bond was Acid Sweetness, and we played there. We had this show there that we were really looking forward to, and the late great Paul McLeod joined us on stage and played on our cover of Fisherman's Blues by the Water Boys. And I was just thinking about that memory recently when I was walking past Jane Bond, and I don't know. It's like those tiny little places that sort of stand the test of time, or you know, your favorite cinema, like. Princess or my library, KPL. Even though I live in Waterloo, KPL is my library. I love WPL as well, but um, it's just the connection that you have to those those places that um, drives you to stay here and um, build your family, build your home, build your community in the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, I'd, so... I guess a couple of questions uh, just to finish off the interview. So if people are interested in working with the official podcaster in residence at KPL, what Who's is that? the application process? For, for, it's actually for closed that? right now. Oh, sorry. So, so, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Terrible segue. Just no, she is the third, right? So yeah. they just closed on the first. Oh, so um, uh, KPL is now uh, sifting through those applications and, um, you know, maybe we'll do it again in the future, but uh, those so, are being reviewed So there right you now. go. If you missed your opportunity, you should probably make some noise to have a, Sarah reinstated <laughs> as the podcaster in residence and she can run the workshops again. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what episodes do we have to look forward to on Bond Park podcast? Oh my gosh. We have so much good stuff coming up. Um, we just interviewed a member of Swan Waterloo, a sex workers um, association of uh, Waterloo region and I'm not sure if I'm saying that exactly right, um, but uh, we were really drawn to the work that they're doing in the area. Um, we have a two-part series coming out in January that's all about food choices, where we talk to some um, vegan activists as well as butchers, and um, uh, actually the person that holds the world's record for fastest lettuce eating, uh, Mike Jackie's Heat, I think is his handle on Instagram. So that will be really fun coming up, and we're just really excited to get into season four, which will begin in January. So new season starting in January. Very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Yeah, thanks for coming in to join us. Thanks for having me. I love everything that Midtown does. I'm watching very closely. You guys are crushing it at every turn. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) That was just a little snippet from Danielle DeVoe and Sarah Guidlinger's interview Uh, recorded live at the Princess Twin Cinemas in Uptown Waterloo from earlier in November.
We're going to hear another song now, and this is a bit of a throwback to our first ever episode. So our first guests on the show 23 episodes ago uh, were CX Violet and Stevie Trim from The New People. They were my first guests ever. I remember I booked them very last minute because they're friends of mine. I was like, we got this funding for this show and I'm hosting it and I don't have a guest. So you have a single coming out this week. Do you want to come talk about it? And they were absolutely wonderful. We hung out at the Crazy Canuck for the night and we ate French fries and we talked about their music and it was just so, so much fun. Um, It really, I remember when we finished the show, I was kind of like, okay, that wasn't perfect. But it was pretty, like, it was pretty exciting. Do you remember? Like, I remember we, like, I walked over to your table, Derek, where you were sitting. And I was like, we made a live radio show. And it it sounded pretty good. Yeah, yeah, no. It, and, and I was kind of, I felt like a fish out of water because yeah. it was my first time doing anything. Yeah, like, I, I think we invited you to yeah, to come watch it. it. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> wow, yeah. Yeah, and now, yeah, 23 episodes later. Here we are. Here we are, and the show has gotten better every week, and we're learning more things as we go and trying out new stuff. And, uh, yeah, so here's a little throwback to our very first guests and their amazing song they released that weekend. This is Oh My by CX Violet and the New People. Check the light, city's on fire. If it bleeds, then it leads. If it feeds, then you fire. Check the lights, house is on fire If you loved us, then you'd leave If you leave, you're alive Check the lights, phone is blowing up If you need me, I'm a ghost Bless my mama, call me up Check the lights, boy, is growing up Spent the summer playing stages He'll be home soon enough Oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my
Searching on my stomach, stay running, cause something's coming. He's coming with a life for something someone said they said. heard Oh My by CX Violet and the New People. My name is Allison Dijak and we are celebrating the season one finale of On the Scene. I'm here with my co-producer Derek Rydell and we are looking back at all of the fun that we've had in the past six months. So we have one final interview to share here. And this one was a bit of a curveball. So <laughs> we had this group, Elvis Punkly. They are a local band that does punk covers from Elvis songs. And they also dress up like Elvis when they perform. So Derek booked them for the show. And he told me they wanted the questions ahead of time because they wanted to prepare some funny answers. So I just told him like, oh, I'm just going to like ask them about how the band got started, their style, you know, why they do punk songs and such. Um, so here I am the morning of the interview, creating my questions like I would for any other band, like researching, looking up their past shows, writing down all these questions about like their genre and their favorite songs they play. Um, and I don't want to give away too much, but basically, when they started talking, I knew that I could have just thrown my questions <laughs> in the garbage. Derek, what do you most remember from that interview? That was I, a bit of a fun one. It, it was a great interview. Uh, yeah, like I said, when we booked them, I thought, oh, this this will be fun. I had no idea they'd be that in character like yes <laughs> they were like yeah we'll, we'll come dressed up and i was like okay you yeah know. me too i was like oh costumes did fun. not realize that <laughs> it would be full-on character and it was an entertaining interview i do remember having to look away a lot of times because <laughs> i was gonna just burst out laughing my phone was also going off like crazy i had a bunch of friends who were like this is an awesome interview <laughs> it's like spinal tap and listening to a saturday night live skit yes and it was it yeah it was it was just really fun and those guys they're crazy the funny thing was though mm -hmm. once the main elvis the, yes the, the front man uh the king the king that's what they call the him. king <laughs> uh once the interview was said and done we wrapped up the show he just kind of okay have a good he got out of his costume and he walked past oh thanks very much I have know. a good night and i'm like that is not the guy <laughs> that was just on this microphone like it was a total like switch i know i almost didn't recognize him actually um mm -hmm. And he kind of, yeah, he came and he kind of like shook my hand. He's like, oh, thanks so much for having us. And I was like, yeah. Th oh, yes, yes, it's you. <laughs> yes, thank you. This was lovely. Like, yeah, just what a fantastic comedian, entertainer. Like, oh, they were yeah, so the much box. fun to talk to. It was also really loud in Jane Bond it that was. night. I don't know it what was, was it night. about like what December 1st or something like that. It was like so busy. So it was so loud in there. It was a little bit hard to hear them. So I'm trying to like keep my composure and do this interview while I'm interviewing four Elvises and it's very loud in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and all of my interview questions are like not relevant at all but 
you know what? We got a 15 minute long interview. And, <laughs> and it was quite entertaining to whoever, whoever listened to it. I mean, the, the, the line, uh, try the fish sandwich. <laughs> it does not exist is now like a staple line that you will hear oh, people say. <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness. But, uh, well, yeah. and apparently the rehearsals are exactly like that. I was talking to the guitar player and he's like, he just goes off during yeah. rehearsals and we just sit there and laugh at him. Like oh. that's, I love it. Oh my goodness. I feel like Elvis needs to be a staple of KW. Absolutely. (laughs) Elvis on the street or something. (laughs) Well, uh, listeners out there, enjoy um, this amazing interview I had with Elvis Punkley back from the beginning of December. Recorded live at Jane Bond. It was quite a fun time. Enjoy. Now we're going to switch gears because sitting beside me now, they're dressed up to the nines, perfect for radio. They are an Elvis Punk cover band. Elvis Punkley. (laughs) Elvis Punkley started in the early 2000s and after 20 years away, they reunited in October this year, donning their best Elvis getups and bringing you their best Elvis covers with a punk rock twist. The band is playing this weekend at Jane Bond, and I can't wait to chat with them about it. Welcome to On the Scene, Elvis Punkley. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) I love it. Well, can we maybe go around? You can introduce yourselves uh, and say what you play in the band. Maybe we'll start over here with the king himself. That's my name. You see... I am the king of rock and roll, and before we get this started, I want to give a little shout out to little Ben Zlotnick. He's a little Jewish boy born with wooden feet. He uh, is from the West Coast, and uh, he just wanted to hear his name on the radio tonight, so here you go, Ben. Woohoo! Hello from Midtown Radio. <laughs> Kelvis Punkley, and I, I play the bass. Love it. Who else do we have? Oh, I'm Elvis here. I play the drums, and I provide uh, group morale. And back massages. Very important. I'm Delvis, and I play guitar. <laughs> so I'm surrounded by four Elvises right You're now. Surrounded by absolute punk rock perfection. I can see there's a lot of starstruck people here tonight, <laughs> and we just welcome them all. We thank you, thank you, fa- no, please, thank you, thank you yeah, over no, there. Please. The sit crowd's down, going wild. Um, I have to ask, where did the idea of Elvis and punk come from? Was it? A late-night drunken conversation? Was it inspired by another act you saw? Just a general love for Elvis? How did Elvis Punkley emerge? Well, I was making a peanut butter and banana sandwich one night. Yeah. I think it was around 1976. And I thought, shoot, we got to pick up where somebody left off. And I met this guy. This big, big old bear. Yeah. (laughs) Why don't you take it from here? You see, Elvis had already done all the originals, and it was time to dip into a new genre. I wanted to get back to my punk rock roots. So I said, gentlemen, we got to pack up, get out of here, and hit the road. And that was 2002 we went on that little adventure. Wow. Now, was this the first band you had performed in before, or had any of you been in some other bands before Elvis came to life. <laughs> they, they used to call me the fifth Beatle. Okay. Because <laughs> I was in a band called The Monkees. Ah. Uh, no, other than that, mostly just uh, break dancing and uh, bullfighting and a bit of, a bit of cotton candy 
eating contests. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to pick that up with my mama because uh, the king has always been the king. <laughs> That's true. It's a classic. This is the classic. This is where it is. Yeah. Okay. So I have to ask, what is one of your favorite songs to perform? You have your punk rendition of all the classics. What's one of your favorite ones that you think like this just works so well as a punk song? Even well, it's though... hard to pick from absolute perfection. You know, our catalog is large of original tracks. Uh huh. So to pick only one to hammer it down to one itsy bitsy teeny tiny little lemon drop of a song, I can't do that. You can't <laughs> put me on the spot like that. But if if you had to, King, if you had to pick one, would you mm. say? All mm. shook up? King. King. Ooh, all shook up? What's it gonna be, Kelts? What's it gonna be, son? Take a spin. I really, really like Return to Sender. And Hound Dog is a classic. Mm -hmm. You're gonna come out on Sunday night, December 4th, and all you're gonna hear is international hits. You're number gonna love one, it. Number one hit. It's full-blown, full-blast, start to finish. You listen. If you're ready to get into bed with Elvis Punkley, then you better be ready to get flipped, fucked, and fed. And that's what all I gotta say. <laughs> It'll be quite the show on Sunday. Oh. I love it. We're excited. Jane Bond, We're it's a great it's a great place to be. Mix it up like a tuna casserole. <laughs> Extra mayonnaise. And you didn't get the memo, you should have brought your own utensils. Um, is this the first time you've performed at Jane Bond, or have you played here before, maybe 20 years do, ago? Usually we do stadium shows. Usually we sell out to millions and millions and millions. So we're, we're, we're kind of getting back to the grassroots, and we want to get, you know, that intimate, interactive kind of feel to it. Yeah. You see, I don't know if you know this, but Superman went to our high school. And when that little guy came up mm -hmm. to me one day, he said, King, that's what he calls me, he said... King, tell me how to fly. So I grabbed that little kid by the hand and I flew him around the world. We went to the Great Wall of China. We went to Constantinople. I took that little boy to Chuck E. Cheese. He bowled a 300. He got down on his knees and said, oh, baby, I love this place. It's just the way it goes when you hang out with perfection. You, hear, you heard it here first on Midtown Radio. Superman learned all he knew from the king himself. From the king himself, that's right. <laughs> um, well, how does it feel to get back on the stage? I know you started started these things in 2002, and it's been a while. It's been a while. There's 20 years in between. How does it feel to get back together again as a group, get those performances going again? How does it feel? You ever left planet Earth? <laughs> It's better than that. Mm -hmm. I'm talking a trip around the universe. When you come and see Elvis Punkley, the toll is your soul. And when you come through those doors, all you gotta do is have the disease to please. So all of the Elvis Punkleys are well known to get on their knees and say, Elvis, give me everything you got. And we deliver with a punch and with a promise. Uh-huh. So the first performance back in October, that was your first one back after 20 years. Were there any nerves? Be honest here. Were there any nerves coming back to it after 20 years? Any sort I, uh, of... I felt bad for whoever had to 
to open that show because we just totally made them forgettable. <laughs> Delvis? We crushed it. Oh, uh, no, after 12 beers, there's no nerves. <laughs> no nerves. A lot of nerves coming from the audience, though. Yeah. The only thing I was worried for was the fans. I didn't want them to pass out. <laughs> when you get hit with that noise coming at you from number 12 on the Marshall stack, and it hits you directly in the face, right between the eyes, that's a lot to take. <laughs> like a, like a, a wind punch to the solar plexus. Perfect. Exactly. I mean, these fans really are, they're in for a treat. They're in for a treat with Elvis Plunkley. Every time. They don't yeah. know how lucky they are. <laughs> now, has the sound changed at all from when you started the band versus sort of the, the reincarnation several years later? Do you think that the sound has changed in any way or sort of sticking to the classics of when it all got started? Hit him with it, Kelvin. Tell him, kid. Tell him! Modern amplification technology has allowed us to push to new heights of sound, new walls of sound, new halls of sound, and new walls of sound. And when we wheel those stacks in here, you're going to think this place is made of amps. And it's going to mess your brains up. That's right. Bring your wallets and get ready. Because Elvis Pundley is going to blow the roof off of the Jane Bob and try the chicken sandwich. Damn, is it good. <laughs> it may not be chicken, but it sure tastes like it. I said to myself, I can't believe this ain't chicken. What is this shit? The guy said, not going to tell you. And I said, please. And he said, it was tofu. And I said, thank you for telling me. <laughs> I'm learning to use my manners. You know, the king, you know. Sometimes the king needs to say please. That turned into a very cordial interaction with, in what is a long history of antagonistic behavior. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Well, uh, this weekend on Sunday, quite the lineup. Quite the lineup we have. A few other bands playing. The Essential Letdowns, um, the band from Planet X, Silent Sid is also going to be here as a DJ. Finally. Um, and did you happen to see the band from Planet X when you were traveling? Mm. Traveling the world. You know, Superman. when the band from Planet X was playing, they did a rendition of my, my good friend Johnny. You know Johnny Cash? Oh, they do a nice, nice cover of Big River, and I hope they do it on Sunday. That would just tickle old Elvis's balls. <laughs> Break down into my plums. I want to hear that big, big flushing river. Hop on my kayak and take it down the stream. Catch a trout, no doubt. With Ben from Planet X. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Now, if folks want to take a ride on the stream, buckle up. How? How can they? Do they have to get tickets ahead of time? Just do a door to, uh, on Sunday night. What, what do, do they you guys got do? in this country? You got loonies? What the <laughs> hell is a loony? Bring ten of those loonies and ten of your loony friends down here and pack up the pink Cadillac and get saddled up because, as I've said before and as I'll say it again, this is punk rock perfection. This ain't no punk pop pussy pumping with that your granny used to listen to. I'm talking about four horny hunks fucking hot dogs on the FM dial. Lead heavy. You want this? Get into it. So is this is this the last show of the year for Elvis Punkley? 
Do we have anything else planned? You got or? any leads? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. A New Year's party, maybe? Get a little wild? Who knows? <laughs> it's always wild when the king puts on this infinity suit. And we walk anywhere, let me tell you. Magic follows us. Yeah. And we say, you're welcome. Come aboard. In a way, every day is a new year. But in another way, the new year only comes once a year. And I think that we will it's be do on the prowl. It's got to do around the sun, I think. I think that's what it is. There's so some more performances. Around us. Oh, okay. Yeah. The king gets confused. Could be more performances in 2023. There is talk of another 20-year hiatus. Okay. But uh, I plan to shatter that talk with more shows. Well, we'll get ready for 2043. But just in case, <laughs> just in case we can't hold out until then. They're going to download my conscious into a drum machine. <laughs> and I will be there for that show. <laughs> Maybe you'll kick it up with uh, some brand new technology in 20 years' time. I don't know. <laughs> You see, they did slip me into a coma for a bit, and I got hungry. I woke with a hunger, and they said to me, King, that's what they called me. They said, why are you so hungry? Do you need some toast? I said, give me the whole loaf. They said, are you thirsty? I said, the only thing that can quench this thirst is to have a sip from your soul and the tears from your eyes. Now fill it up and fill it in because we are about to get in. June 29th, we're playing a show. I just made that up. Come out, we're playing a show. It's going to be live. It's going to be incredible. If you want to know what it's going to be like, it's going to be just like Sunday, December 4th. See how I did that? I said June, and I meant to say December 4th. 7 p.m. Who do we got playing, Kellis? Band from Planet X. Ooh. We got the Essential Letdowns. How could you ever oh. forget? And the only, the one and only Elvis punk band in the entire world. Look it up, prove me wrong. You can't. Elvis punk, 7 p.m., $10, Jane Bond. Try the fish, because it doesn't exist. <laughs> well, we can't wait. It'll be a fantastic show. You heard it here on Midtown Radio. It's going to be quite the party here at Jane Bond on Sunday night. Well, thank you so much, Elvis, 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 and Elvis. Sorry we had to cut this short. we got to go down to an orphanage. we got to kiss some hands and shake some babies, you know. It's, uh, it's part of our charitable duties, you know. Oh, yeah. you got to spread the love. But we appreciate you getting good. on this, uh, this radio show and broadcasting it to the millions and millions listening around the world. And, uh, oh, yes. you know, Elvis Punkley's always got time for the little guy. So thank you. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. We are going to give a little shout-out now to one of the bands you're playing with this weekend. We're going to hear a tune from The Essential Letdowns. We had them on on the scene back in the summer when they performed at Strummer Fest. So we're going to hear from them now. This is In the City by The Essential Letdowns. That was my interview with Elvis Punkley back in December, recorded live at Jane Bond. 
Well, that is all the time we have for On the Scene tonight. It's been so much fun reminiscing on our first season together. Derek, thanks so much for chatting and uh, stepping a little bit to the side of the mixing board for tonight's episode. <laughs> I don't know. Th thank you, and uh, uh, thank you for everything you do. And, you know, actually, thank you to, to, to you and Matt and, uh, and David and Danielle, you guys... I don't know how you guys pull off the stuff for this show and everything else, uh, but uh, you guys do an amazing job and and uh, hold your head up high and you guys should all be very, very, very proud of what you guys have, have uh, accomplished with Midtown and with On the Scene and everything. And I think uh, it'll just get better from here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's been quite the wild ride, honestly. I'm super excited for what 2023 has in store. We're going to take a little bit of a break for uh, the holidays, get some rest over the next couple weeks, but On the Scene is going to be back probably the first week of February with season two. Derek and I have already been chatting about some fun ideas for the next season, some new special guests, maybe some new locations we can try out. So we're super, super excited. Um, a huge, huge thank you to our sponsors, the Downtown Kitchener BIA and the Uptown Waterloo BIA for helping us make this happen every week. And a huge thank you to all of the venues that have hosted us, the 54 guests that have talked with us, and all of our listeners out there. We can't wait to come back for season two in 2023. On the Scene is produced by Danielle DeVoe, Matt Rappelt, Derek Rydell, and myself, Allison Dijak. If you keep listening to Midtown Radio, you can hear Afro Nights with Digi Millennials with Peter Pierce Alosia. Have a wonderful holiday, everyone, and we'll see you in 2023.